This is MRN Classic Races, presented by Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. And also brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength. NASCAR Racing, next on MRN Radio. It was back in mid-June when the NASCAR Winston Cup Series first visited the Michigan International Speedway this season. That afternoon saw Davey Allison's Ford totally dominate from start to finish. Based on that performance two months ago, Allison has set definite goals for himself this weekend. Our goal this weekend is to try to leave here winning our second race at Michigan for the season and, and to get our third overall win here. But this is a tough competition, tough field of competition. Uh, I don't think I could come in here with, with the attitude that I was going to run off and hide from everybody like we did here last time because you turn around and end up getting yourself beat. Nestled in the Irish hills of Michigan, some 90 miles from Detroit, the Michigan International Speedway is sold out this afternoon, and the champion Sparkplug 400 is just moments away. MRN Radio presents NASCAR Today. Sponsored by Goody's Headache Powders and Extra Strength Tablets, the South's number one headache powder. Good afternoon, everyone, from the Michigan International Speedway. Well, in contrast to yesterday when we were on the air for the ARCA race, it is absolutely gorgeous weather here in the Irish Hills of Michigan. This is one of the prettiest racetracks and one of the prettiest settings we go to. But aside from that, it is one of the most competitive racetracks that we run on on the Winston Cup circuit. The drivers say that if they were going to design a racetrack themselves, more than likely they would come up with something like this. This day also ends an era for the 1991 racing season. This is the last race of the year on a track two miles or larger and of course over the years here at Michigan International Speedway Fords have been dominant they have won 10 races to Chevrolet's five Pontiac winning a couple of times Buick has won three times and it's Bill Elliott the winningest active driver at Michigan with seven wins to his credit and Barney if you take those numbers and mix them with the starting lineup here today one would have to expect that Ford is the favored name played here this afternoon well there was an awful lot of uh, good-natured betting going on in the garage area this morning about whether a Ford would be in victory lane or a Chevrolet or a Pontiac or some other brand of car. Seven of the top ten qualifiers were Fords, and the first two rows were definitely Fords in the form of Alan Kowicki, Mark Martin, Davey Allison, and Bill Elliott. But numbers sometimes don't mean a lot. One other story that is unfolding this year is for the fact that Jeff Bodine and Alan Kowicki and Morgan Shepard and Mark Martin and Derek Cope and Brett Bodine are still looking for their first win this season. That's six drivers who won a total of 11 races last year that have yet to find victory lane in 1991, yet there have already been 10 different winners thus far this season. So parity is there, but for some very familiar names, that search continues for their very first victory of the season. And maybe it might come here this afternoon. We'll take a short break, and we'll be back. Back with you at Michigan International Speedway. It is a cloudless afternoon. You could not have asked for a better day for racing here on the Irish Hills. Jam-packed grandstands, the infield as teeming full as we have ever seen at any time we've been here in the past. The story this day is obviously the Ford Thunderbirds. There are seven of the top ten qualifiers that are driving T-Birds and eight of the top 11 qualifiers as you go back to Dale Jarrett who will start in the 11th spot. So 
Forager dominant in qualifying, yet the highest qualified Chevrolet driver has high hopes today as well. That's Ernie Irvin from Modesto, California, off his win a weekend ago. Jim Phillips is with the driver of the Kodak Film Chevrolet. Well, Ernie Irvin, we look up ahead of you there. It's all Fords, four of them sitting in front of you. They're the fifth-place car in line. What happened to the Chevrolets qualifying? Why did they nothing happen? You know, the Fords have just, uh, you know, got the handle on this racetrack for the qualifying. They've been doing it in the race to us. But, um, you know, it's just one of them deals, and um, we're pretty proud to be the first Chevrolet, but, you know, we, we don't want to end up the race with four Fords up in front of us. Well, you pulled off a big win last week at Watkins Glen. You've won on the Super Speedway. You've won on the road course in the short track. This type of super speedway is one that you haven't won on. How about today? How's your car? I'll tell you, you know, Tony Glover and all the Kodak crew and Chevrolet just gave me an excellent race car for today. And, um, you know, we feel like we're going to be in real good shape. The weather's a little warmer than it was yesterday. We think it's going to come to uh, right to us. But, um, you know, it's yet to be seen. And um, we've got a long day today. And um, we just hope to, you know, get a good run in. That's Ernie Irvin. He's sitting fifth in line on the grid today. He's optimistic about winning the Champion Spark Plug 400. It's been a good racetrack for Ernie Irvin the last three or four times that they have been here. Davey Allison has had quite a season this year. He went through a real hot streak in the mid part of the season. Then they cooled down a little bit. Then they've been pretty hot in recent weeks also. He'll be starting from the third position here this afternoon. Let's get his thoughts with Dick Brooks. Well, I tell you, Davey Allison is uh, starting third in the field here today, all right. But he's a brand-new daddy again. And... <laughs> And uh, you got to be number one there, I guess. Davey, you uh, just wiped them out here uh, the last race. You got the same car, the same same team, same driver, same everything you had last time. When you come back to a track like this where you were so strong before, do you come back the same way? Well, we unloaded off the trailer just like when we left here, Dick, and the car really responded right off the bat to everything we did, just some minor adjustments. And, you know, we were running fast in practice, and we didn't qualify on the pole, but, you know, we just hadn't learned a secret about that yet. But as far as the race setup, we haven't changed anything on it. And yesterday in practice, we were real happy. The car was real consistent and real fast. People keep asking you questions like that, I expect. Can you do it again? Does that bother you any? No, it doesn't really because I've been around this business for a long time, as you know. And, you know, there are times when you can go back and do it again, and then there are just times when it's not meant to be. So we're just going to work hard, try to do the best we can all day and make the right moves on the racetrack and in the pits. And if it goes our way and we win, We'll be happy, and if we don't, we'll at least know we did our best job. Well, I'm sure you will, and they, uh, they've got a good team put together. They've had a good season this season. I think they're going to do good today. One of the most spirited battles on the racetrack all season long has been the battle for the NASCAR Winston Cup Rookie of the Year honors. Ted Musgrave from Franklin, Wisconsin has 171 points. Bobby Hamilton from Nashville, Tennessee, is only three points behind at 168. So that is the tightest single battle of anything currently going on on the Winston Cup Series. Jim Phillips is standing by with Musgrave as we get set to start the champion spark plug 400. Well, Ted, you're in a tight uh, battle with Bobby Hamilton for the Rookie of the Year, but you really outqualified him pretty bad today. 15th, your best starting position of the year. Yeah, that's true. The U.S. Racing Pontiac Jasper Engine Transmissions were in real good in qualifying. I'm just hoping that we could hold this uh, position throughout the race. What's been the toughest thing for you this year, your rookie season on the Winston Cup Tour? Believe it or not, qualifying has been my toughest uh, deal all year. We've never really qualified good till yesterday or, excuse me, Friday, and I'm hoping that this is a little turning point. We've been trying to do a little better the second half of the season, and if this comes true, uh, we'll be a good contender. Ted Musgrave, he's starting 15 today. He'll try to better his... Best finish, 12th at Bristol earlier this year. Very talented race driver. Been very impressed with Ted Musgrave this year. We talked about Dale Earnhardt being all the way back in 26th starting position. Let's get his thoughts before they fire the engines down on pit road. 
Dale, what are you trying to do? Uh, start from the other end every time? Well, it, we didn't really plan this here. We had a awful good qualifying run last time up here, Dick, but uh, let's cut and get it right this week. Uh, we ran bad on uh, Friday, and we requalified on Saturday and sacrificed starting 31st. If we'd have stood on our time, we'd have ended up back there. So we're really fortunate to be where we're at. Uh, we got a little better yesterday, but uh, our qualifying engine didn't really do exactly what we want to, whether the torque range was wrong on it or what. It ran awful good. It just was a little off on the torque range and put a race motor in and it really ran good in practice. So we're looking forward to a, a good run here. Um, you know, uh, the guys have worked awful hard. Uh, this is a, a different car than I ran here last race. Uh, we're, we're wondering if it's going to be consistent as other ones, but uh, I think we'll be in good shape. Richard and the guys, they, they always pull out a good one. You got a, you got uh, Richard tried to trade trade cars yesterday. Talked to him, I think, about changing cars or something. Can you really tell that much difference in the cars? Well, I, well, I can, I can tell a, a big difference in the cars. Uh, one car uh, drive a little different, as far as roll center on the car, or whatever, and the body on the di car a little different. But uh, this car here was really built in 1989. It's an old race car. We haven't raced it anywhere but Talladega and Daytona, and it hadn't raced but uh, the Bush Clash in the last two years. It's one one it so. Uh, you know, I think it's a good race car. Just uh, the consistency of it worries me a little bit during the day. We'll have to work with the tires and the chassis, but I think we'll get a handle on it here about halfway and go. Well, that's Dale Earnhardt, and I bet he's right. I bet he gets a handle on it, and they go. Knowing Earnhardt, as we said, it's going to be interesting to watch him work his way up through the field in the early going here this afternoon. A lot of drivers will kind of lay back for a little while, let the field sort out when they drop the green, but Dale Earnhardt, he just never hesitates. When he catches a car, he's already made up his mind what he's going to do, and I think that's one of the things that makes him the caliber of race driver he is. He never hesitates. He, he has a situation pretty much in mind. He drives way ahead. He's much aware of what's going on in the, on the racetrack, and it's just a pleasure to watch him drive. Dale Earnhardt has been leading the Winston Cup points since the Haynes 500 at Martinsville earlier this season. the children of America, I am proud to say... Gentlemen, start your engines. Crystal Lozier, the Grand Marshal here at Michigan International Speedway this afternoon. The champion spark plug 400 just around the corner. You know, our team's been real competitive with our Pontiac Grand Prix. 1989 Winston Cup champion Rusty Wallace talks about the new Grand Prix from Pontiac. So you can imagine how pumped up we got about this new high-tech engine Pontiac offers. It's called the Twin Dual Cam V6. Man, this is quality hardware. It's got four cams, 24 valves, multi-port fuel injection, and all kinds of torque and horsepower. But the bad news is rules won't let us put it in our Grand Prix. You want to hear the good news? You can get it in your Grand Prix. Pontiac. We build excitement. Ten years ago, a season on the NASCAR circuit could have cost a team as little as $100,000. Today, better than a million. But your costs have gone up, too. That's why you need a lender in tune with the times. At TransSouth, they make loans up to $250,000. Loans for more needs than ever. So give them a call and enter TransSouth's Dash for the Cash. You could win $5,000 or a Ford Explorer. TransSouth, for the right loan right now. For complete contest details, call, visit, or write any participating TransSouth office. Michigan International Speedway, one of the showplace racetracks of America, and the champion spark plug 400 is about set to begin. 40 cars have roared to life on pit road, and MRN brings you lap-by-lap -lap coverage in just a moment. NASCAR Today is produced by MRN Radio and sponsored by Goody's Headache Powders and Extra Strength Tablets, the official pain reliever of NASCAR. From the Michigan International Speedway, this is MRN Radio.
It wasn't just built to be a museum. It was built to be a shrine to the history, heritage, and future of the sport we love. Visit the NASCAR Hall of Fame and see how Petty, Earnhardt, and hundreds of other NASCAR legends became heroes. Watch their most electrifying moments, experience realistic racing simulators, and much more. Plan a trip to the NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte. Tickets at NASCARHall.com. NASCAR Hall of Fame. This is our sport. This is our house. From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. in radio presents the NASCAR Winston Cup Series today the champion spark plug 400 sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer who bring you the Grand Prix GTP with a new twin dual cam V6 Pontiac we build excitement by Tyson Holly Farms, the official chicken of NASCAR. By True Value Hardware Stores, got a tough job to do? You can do it with True Value Hardware Stores. By Anheuser-Busch, brewers of smooth bush beer and easy drinking bush light. And by TransSouth, home of the Dash for Cash Racing Contest. TransSouth, for the right loan, right now. Welcome back to the Irish Hills of Michigan. Michigan International Speedway, the 40 car field for the champion Spark Plug 400 now rolling off the pit lane. In 40th spot, Bobby Labonte from Trinity, North Carolina, the Slim Jim Oldsmobile. 39th is H.B. Bailey of Houston, Texas, the Almeida Auto Parts Pontiac. 38th, Mike Chase from Bakersfield, California, A.J. Foyt's Copenhagen Oldsmobile. 37th starter, Jim Sauter from Nacida, Wisconsin, the Evan Root Outboards Pontiac. 36th is Bobby Hamilton of Nashville, Tennessee, the country time Oldsmobile. Jimmy Means of Huntsville, Alabama has the Alka-Seltzer Pontiac in 35th. 34th is Wally Dallenbach Jr. from Basalt, Colorado. Junie Donlevy's racing Ford. 33rd is Dave Marcus of Wausau, Wisconsin, the Big Apple Market Chevrolet. Joe Ruckman of Franklin, Tennessee has the Raymock Chevrolet in 32nd. That is a Chevrolet this week. They changed from the Oldsmobile. And 31st is Dick Trickle of Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin, the Team 3 Pontiac. 30th is Rick Mast of Rockbridge, Bass, Virginia. He's in the Skull Classic Oldsmobile. 29th, Rick Wilson of Bartow, Florida in the Snickers Buick. Starting in 28th position, Brett Bodine of Chemung, New York, in the Quaker State Buick. 27th is Lake Speed of Jackson, Mississippi, in the Phillips 66 Trop Arctic Racing Pontiac. 26th starter, we heard from a moment ago, Dale Earnhardt of Kannapolis, North Carolina, the GM Goodwrench Chevrolet. Terry Labonte of Corpus Christi, Texas, will be starting 25th in the Sunoco Ultra Oldsmobile, 24th. Stanley Smith of Chelsea, Alabama, in the Interstate Batteries Buick, 23rd. Richard Petty of Ranama, North Carolina, he's in the STP Pontiac. 22nd, Buddy Baker, he's from Sherrill's Ford, North Carolina, in an Oldsmobile. And starting 21st is Michael Walker of Owensboro, Kentucky, in the Penn's Oil Pontiac. 20th is Bobby Hillen from Midland, Texas. 19th will be Derek 
Rick Cope of Spanaway, Washington. 18th is Ken Schrader from Fenton, Missouri, and Hutt Strickland from Calera, Alabama, starts 17th. 16th is Chad Little out of Spokane, Washington. Chad Musgrave from Franklin, Wisconsin will go 15th. 14th is Harry Gant of Taylorsville, North Carolina. Jimmy Spencer of Berwick, Pennsylvania is in 13th starting spot. 12th is Ricky Rudd from Chesapeake, Virginia. And 11th, Dale Jarrett driving out of Conover, North Carolina. A look at the top 10. Morgan Shepard of Conover, North Carolina has the Motorcraft Ford in 10th position. Ninth is Rusty Wallace of St. Louis, Missouri. He's in the Miller Genuine Draft Pontiac. The eighth starter will be Sterling Marlin of Columbia, Tennessee in the Maxwell House Ford. Seventh, Darrell Walter for Franklin, Tennessee in the Western Auto Chevrolet. Sixth position, Jeff Bonine of Chemung, New York in the Budweiser Baby Ruth Ford. Starting fifth, Ernie Irvin of Modesto, California, the Kodak Film Chevrolet. The fourth position belongs to Bill Elliott from Dawsonville, Georgia in the Coors Light Melling Ford. Third, Davey Allison of Hueytown, Alabama in the Texaco Haviland Ford. And on the front row, Mark Martin from Batesville, Arkansas in the Folgers Coffee Ford. And Alan Kowicki of Greenfield, Wisconsin in the Hooters Ford. Very impressive lineup here today for the Champion Spark Plug 400. The final warm-up lap now with the field in turns one and two in front of Joe Moore of Hampton, Virginia. Thank you, Eli. Good afternoon, everyone. You guys were talking about the width of this racetrack. It really comes into play here in the corners. We see a lot of breathtaking moves being made here today. We'll follow all that for you today here in turns one and two. Alan Bestwick from Daytona Beach, Florida, will have coverage in turns three and four. And posted on a platform atop a billboard just outside the retaining wall in turn three, Eli will watch the cars as they come drafting down the back straightaway, and the draft will come into play there and make the transition into the 18-degree banking of turn number three. We'll see cars using plenty of different grooves out there today. The one neat thing about the width of this racetrack, if your car doesn't work well in one groove, there's plenty of others out there for you to try without having to make a pit stop and make an actual change to the car. Elmo Langley driving the metallic blue Pontiac Grand Prix GTP safety car. He'll pull away from the field in turns three and four and approach towards the start-finish line. NASCAR's official chief starter, Doyle Ford from Nashville, Tennessee. He's the president of a company that sells fire and safety equipment in the Music City. Backed up by Mike Chaplin on the flag stand. Mike, a state trooper from the state of Pennsylvania. Those are the NASCAR officials on hand as we get set for the start of the champion Spark Plug 400 here in Brooklyn, Michigan. Pace car is on pit road. They are 1,200 feet away from the line. Green flag is in the air. The champion 400 is underway. On the break, Alan Kulwicki tries to get down toward the bottom of the racetrack and get out single file all by himself in turn one. Alan jumps out in front of Mark Martin to lead for the first time going into turn one. Martin is next in line. He now feeling a challenge from Davey Allison. Allison takes a higher line coming off the corner. Now though falls back in line. The battle will be behind that for fourth. Ernie Irvin is down to the inside trying to work his way one farther spot up in the line. Bill Elliott is holding the outside groove as the front three runs single file in front of them. Irvin will nudge slightly ahead for fourth. Now Elliott rallies back on the outside as Martin bids for the lead. Mark Martin driving for Jack Roush, powering on the low side of the racetrack. A winner here just a year ago. That Folgers Ford comes off the low side of the track but it's Kowicki's Ford that will lead lap number one. Martin settles into second spot and then quickly goes after the lead in turn one. Martin's got the inside line up alongside Alan Kowicki, but Kowicki pulls even with him again, coming into turn number one. Side by side into turn two. Now Martin gets a fender out in front and down on the inside of the racetrack. Behind him is Davey Allison. Allison looking to find out who's going to open the door so he can get through and take a shot at the lead. Martin will be the one to get through. He will take the lead. The race will be for second as they enter turn three. Allison will have it for the moment, but Kowicki hangs tough on the outside. He'll go door to door. And it's obvious already with only a couple of laps about to be completed that some of the cars are going to have a little handling problem in the early going. Here Marnie, they come. Go ahead. Marnie, uh, Sterling Marling didn't get started on the restart. I mean, on the start. Had trouble getting going. I asked uh, Mike B what happened. He said it's a brand new car and the clutch pedal stuck to the floor. 
and they got some insulation down there and there's uh, something underneath the pedal and it stuck to the floor and he uh, probably over revved it pretty bad so uh, they may have a problem but he got it going now he's dropped back to about 11th position as the field strings out on the back straightaway and heads for turn three mark martin five car lengths over alan kulwicki tucked on his bumper is davy allison ernie irvin runs fourth jeff bodine is fifth darrell waltrip a beautiful three wide move to take six the battle is for seven rusty wallace has the low side of the racetrack for seventh spot he'll draw to the inside of bill elliott relegating elliott back into the eighth position ninth now as they work the main straightaway is morgan shepherd running in tenth is ricky rudd 11th day Jarrett Sterling Marlin is in the 12th spot. 13th belongs to Harry Gant. Still up in the 7th position is where the battling is going on. Bill Elliott dueling there with Darrell Waltrip, but Waltrip gets the position coming into turn number 1. Elliott, though, revs it back up again down on the inside of the track. He again pulls even, and Morgan Shepard is there with him. Shepard joins that battle. Those three cars will tussle it out now. Waltrip is on the high side. Elliott is on the bottom. Waltrip with a slight advantage at the end of the back straightaway, but his car will drift up at the entrance to turn number 3. Elliott goes to the bottom. Shepard's going to try and go under him. They'll complete four laps when they come back across the start-finish line. This time, let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. We're watching Dale Earnhardt as he works his way up through the field, not coming up as quickly as we anticipated, and as he works over toward turn two, it looks like Earnhardt's been able to pick up no more than three positions. He's got his hands full, Barney. The car really wants to wash out coming into turns one and two. I imagine you'll see an adjustment on that car during his first pit stop. Back to the head of the pack, it's Mark Martin. Four car lengths on Alan Kowicki. The real tight battle from second through fifth. Jeff Bodine is in fifth. He wants fourth from Irvin. He made the move, Bodine did, to the inside of Ernie Irvin, and Irvin's car goes up a bit higher in turn number four. This very wide racetrack. Again, we told you earlier, the turns are 73 feet wide. The straightaway is 45 feet wide. Plenty of racing room, as Kenny Schrader is also seeing, as is Davey Allison. Schrader goes to the inside of the Ricky Rudd car. That'll be a battle for the 11th spot. Davey Allison is battling for second with Alan Kowicki. Those two forwards side by side exiting turn two. Allison at the bottom. Kowicki up the top. Also a battle for fourth and fifth. Jeff Bodine to the bottom of Ernie Irvin. Irvin will hold fourth. Bodine slips back in line. Meanwhile, Allison still dueling down to the inside of Kowicki as they come into turn number three. Kowicki will slide up, but hold on on the outside. And as Mark Martin said in the beginning of our broadcast this afternoon, he might be bad and he might be awesome. So far, he is leading the field here at Michigan International Speedway. That is a hot battle for second place. Davey Allison down to the bottom of the racetrack, still door-to-door -door with Alan Kowicki. Let's go to pit road. Morning, I talked to Richard Chillers, the owner of the Dale Earnhardt car. He said Dale called in, said the car was real loose. As they reported earlier, the car wants to slip up the racetrack. That can be uh, somewhat tightened up with a driver if he'll work on it just a little bit, get out of the throttle a little bit earlier and get on it a little bit quicker. Sometimes you can tighten it up some. Dale's going to have to do that. For the moment, Earnhardt is just biding his time back there. The battle for the lead goes to turn two. And a second-place battle will still be the hot contest as Mark Martin slips out by five car lengths. It's Davey Allison, Alan Kowicki, and Ernie Irvin. Jeff Bodine trying to pick exactly which direction should he go. Should he go down low and follow Davey Allison? Should he stay high and follow Kowicki and Ernie Irvin? Bodine comes high just ahead of Rusty Wallace and Bill Elliott. The next side-by-side -side battle, Darrell Waltrip to the outside of Morgan Shepard curving back into turn one. Shepard puts his four down on the inside of the racetrack, trying to follow the line being blazed ahead of him by Davey Allison. Allison still stays low in his battle for second. Shepard still on the low side in his battle with Darrell Walter for seventh. Everybody else, though, is lined up single file on the high side of the racetrack, including Alan Kowicki at the head of that line. Tucked right in behind Kowicki's car is Ernie Irvin and Jeff Bodine. They're going to go by Davey Allison on the outside, so Allison is going to go from fighting for second back to fifth. And while all that battling is going on from second back through about 15th position, it allows Mark Martin to put even more daylight on the rest of the field. He has an advantage now 
of a little better than a second over the second place car, Alan Kowicki, as they cross the line and work back into turn one. Despite no wins this year, Mark Martin still awfully pleased with 1991. I'm real happy with the way everything's going, you know, with the Folgers team. And, uh, you know, we've, we've hung in here and, and uh, uh, really put this deal together, you know. And, I think that uh, the Folgers and Valvoline and Ford Motor Company uh, are proud of us for, you know, bearing down and, and uh, making this deal, uh, putting it right back where it, where it belongs, right on top of the on top of the heap. And we're, you know, we're just anxious to go to every race right now because uh, each one could be ours. And right now, Mark Martin is leading everyone nine laps into the 200-lap race here at Michigan. They're back in one. Martin had a lead of about five car lengths. Kowicki has chopped down the distance just a tad, maybe marking it four car lengths now. Jeff Bodine has taken the third spot. Davey Allison has moved up to fourth, and Ernie Irvin, the first Chevrolet in line, he's running in the fifth position. Bill Elliott will hold down sixth as the field comes single file down the back straightaway. Right on Elliott's back bumper is Rusty Wallace. Then come Darrell Waltrip and Morgan Shepard. Ken Schrader will make a move underneath Sterling Marlin. He'll pick up tenth. Kenny Schrader working his way up to the front of the pack, and all of a sudden we're seeing some of those cars that were di uh, dicing door to door a moment ago decide, hey, let's tuck in single file here and chase down the leader. And that's exactly what they've done as Alan Kowicki pulls in to just a half a car length off leader Mark Martin back in turn two. Pretty good moves being made by Ken Schrader back in the 10th position. He's trying to work on the car directly ahead. That's Sterling Marlin. Marlin got away from him that time coming into turn number one. Schrader drops back in line, but eyes aligned to the outside. Off turn number two, Schrader looks to the outside, but decides better. Calls back in line, and he goes single file. All front 10 cars now lined up on the high side of the racetrack as they come down the back straightaway, and Mark Martin's lead is gone as they come to turn number three. Kowicki will look down to the bottom of turn four and try and make a bid for the lead. But he'll think better of it, go back in a single file formation and hang on to the second spot. When we were here in June, we saw a record pace for a Winston Cup race at this track. Davey Allison winning with only one caution flag to slow the affair. Today, we have gone caution-free for the first 11 laps in the champion spark plug 400. Mark Martin continues to lead, but he's got some traffic in turn two. Alan Kulwicki pulls up alongside. Dave, uh, Jeff Bodine goes to the inside of him, and Davey Allison makes it four wide in turn two, now three wide on the backstretch. Allison all the way to the bottom. Bodine is in the middle. On the high side is Kulwicki. Martin is driving like a man possessed, trying to find a way to get back to the front. He's going to tuck underneath Allison at the bottom of the racetrack. Davey Allison will come out with the lead. Bodine will battle Kulwicki for second. That's the worth the price of a ticket here this afternoon. The racing that we saw for three quarters of a lap there, getting three wide, going off turn number two and down the back straightaway as they come down to the line and put 12 laps on the board. Davey Allison is the leader. We'll take a break and we'll be back. Back at the Michigan International Speedway with just 13 laps in the book. We have seen some of the hottest racing that we've seen all season long in the early going, but for the moment now, the field begins to string out a little bit again back through the top 10 positions. From the Michigan International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. Oh, 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 Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts for do-it-right deals. Right now, you can purchase select Superstart batteries and get up to a $15 gift card after mail-in rebate. Or buy Brake Best Select brake pads and two Brake Best Select rotors and get up to a $25 gift card after mail-in rebate. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
here's your chance to win a set of your very own Hercules tires. Go to HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Simply register, and each month we'll give away one set of tires. Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading mileage coverage to get you wherever you need to go, no matter where the road takes you. Register now for your chance to win a set of Hercules Tires at HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Hercules Tires, ride on our street. Michigan International Speedway. Davey Allison continuing to lead the champion Spark Plug 400. He took the lead a short while ago. Holds it on second place Jeff Bodine. Mark Martin now in third. Ernie Irvin fourth. Morgan Shepard in fifth. One car on pit road moments ago was Stanley Smith, the winner of the ARCA race just one day ago, but it's not going well for him now, Dick Brooks. No, he's going to have a problem winning anything today. They've got a bad miss. In fact, they've uh, dropped one complete cylinder, and it seems like it may be worse than that. Donnie Allison, the crew chief on the car, the owner of the car, is just uh, trying to figure out what to do with it. Also, uh, Dick Trickle came in. They changed uh, right side tires on his car. Uh, to, maybe he had a vibration. Uh, Gary Nelson here. Uh, Gary Dotson. Uh, Barry Dotson here. Barry, what's the matter? The uh, left rear tire equalized. We didn't need to change four, you know. We knew we'd go a lap down. But you can't take a chance. Well, that's true. They, uh, so they changed all four on the car. He's got four fresh tires. And Dale Earnhardt continues to get higher and higher in both ends of the speedway out against the wall, Alan Kowick, or uh, Alan Bestwick. And we were talking during the commercial that if we threw a little dirt down around the top of the racetrack, Earnhardt would have a little cushion to run the right rear tire against like they do in dirt racing. Although, interesting now, this last time by, he's taken the car back and tried the bottom again. He's decided the top's not working. He'll go the other way. But it's not new, unique now for Dale Earnhardt because a lot of these teams are running very, very high on the racetrack. And I think you can tell very quickly, Barney, because of the rain delay and the rain delay during yesterday's ARCA race, then the subsequent rain during the final Winston Cup practice, a lot of these teams have just missed the setup in the early going. Well, that's something we probably should have touched on at the beginning of the race. Practice was very limited here for the drivers yesterday. And after having run that ARCA race, the track completely changed. They only got about five or ten minutes of practice before the rains came and washed it out for the rest of the day. So as Mark Martin said in the opening of our show this afternoon, a lot of teams would be kind of starting in the dark. Trying to move up a spot. Morgan Shepard having a good race right now with Ernie Irvin down in turn one. Morgan Shepard takes the inside line alongside the Chevrolet of Irvin directly ahead the Mark Martin car. Morgan's trying to pull even with Irvin, but Irvin's really hooked up on the outside of the racetrack. That battle continues off turn two and onto the back stretch. Those two racing for the fourth position now in the third, fourth, and fifth place cars have dropped a good distance back off of leader Davey Allison and Jeff Bodine. Martin will hold third. Again, Morgan Shepard goes to the inside of Ernie Irvin as they enter turn number three. Shepard gets a nose out front, but Irvin's got it wound up on the outside. Lead cars work around H.B. Bailey in turn number four as he heads slowly towards the pit lane. Morgan Shepard in that ongoing battle with Ernie Irvin. This is for the fourth spot. They're dead even here at the start finish line. Alan Kowicki now taking the low line. He'll be bypassed by Rusty Wallace potentially in turn number one as the cars really spread out. Finally, Irvin's able to get by Morgan Shepard. Now pulls up on the Mark Martin car, but here comes Shepard again. Dogs it back down to the inside of the track. He'll now get a nose out in front of Ernie Irvin. Meanwhile, the battle right behind him continues to rage on. Bill Elliott there on the inside of Alan Kulwicki. This is for the sixth position. Rusty Wallace also tied up in the middle of that. Ken Schrader is there as well. For now, Kulwicki holds sixth. Elliott will battle to the inside of Wallace for seventh, and Schrader will sit back in ninth. And we've had our first car retire for the afternoon here, and that will be Stanley Smith, who has taken the interstate batteries machine behind the pit wall and back to the garage area. 
at the start-finish line. Davey Allison is the leader, riding along about four car lengths behind him right now is Jeff Bodine. The hot battle on the racetrack is about seventh position down in turn one. And on the inside of the track, it's Bill Elliott once again, battling this time with Kenny Schrader. Schrader has the outside line, trying to pull up and fall in line behind the Rusty Wallace car to get a little drafting help there, but it will not work. Bill Elliott gets a nose and fall off turn two. And a little bit farther ahead, we'll have a challenge for the third position. Morgan Shepard down to the inside of Mark Martin at the end of the back straightaway. Shepard will take third. Martin back to fourth. Ernie Irvin still holds fifth. Boy, as strongly as we've seen Bud Moore's cars running in a long time, the Motocraft Ford really going to the front here, bypassing Mark Martin just moments ago, and now within a couple of seconds of second place runner Jeff Bodine. Let's go back downstairs. I'm in Bud Moore's pits, uh, but Morgan's got the car running pretty good. Well, we're running real well right now, so we'll have to wait and see what happens the rest of the day. I talked about earlier in the day, just before the race started, he said the car was really hooked up well, and they thought they were going to have a good run if they could just make it go all day. Well, that's a team that's really put in some work in the last couple of races, too, determined to get into victory lane here before the season starts really winding down, and Shepard's having a good run in the early going here at Michigan this afternoon. 21 laps are on the board, about to complete 22 for leader Davey Allison as he works his way out of turn number four, and as we watch Dale Earnhardt go around this racetrack... Barney, he's, he's off the pace on the back straightaway. Earnhardt is off the pace. The right rear tire on the car is down. Something has just shredded the right rear quarter panel on the car. There are bars hanging out everywhere, and Earnhardt's got some major problems on his car. I'll tell you the way that car was handling and the way he was having to hang it out in the corners he might have just kind of worn that tire right down so to speak as hard as he was having to, to work in the car to get it through the turns and keep it off the wall. Here's Dale down on the apron of the racetrack out of turn number four and will bring the GM Goodrent Chevrolet to pit road. And there's caution on the speedway for debris in turn three off the Dale Earnhardt car. So Dale comes to the pit lane for service from Kirk Shelmerdine and the crew. He goes right by his pit stall, and he'll be coming around the next time by. So we are under caution for debris on the racetrack on lap number 23 with Davey Allison leading the champion spark plug 400. Back in the Michigan International Speedway, working the first caution flag of the afternoon for debris on the racetrack. It came out, out at lap number 22. Dale Earnhardt had just started down pit road. His crew sent him back onto the racetrack, and he is now in the pits. Let's find out what's going on. Well, they changed the right side tires. The right rear was clear into the, uh, the inner tire, and, uh, and it was holding up. It, although it had gone through about three cords of a, of a two-cord tire, but uh, it still had air in it. So it wasn't as bad as it could have been if that tire had been blown, but he did get uh, in and back out. I'm sure they'll come back and do some more work. Ernie Urban just pulls in, comes sliding into the stop, gets stopped, and they're going to the right side of his. All these guys are bumping the spoilers up on the cars just a little bit. It's a pretty good indication that the tire, that the car is a little bit loose, uh, slipping through the corner. Harry Gant's in. They're doing the same thing with him. They're going to go four tires. They're going to go uh, four tires with Michael Wallop, also with Daryl Wallop in front of him. And... Uh, I think that uh, they're all going to do that. Four tires and gas. Jim Phillips down on his end. Well, Davey Allison for four tires. Also, Morgan Shepard, Alan Kowicki. A chassis adjustment on Bill Elliott's car and four tires. They took some wedge out of his car on the right side. Bobby Hiller was in. Richard Petty, Terry Labonte, and Chad Little in. All four tires and gasoline. And a lot of credit to Bud Moore and his pit crew as they get Morgan Shepard down pit road and back onto the speedway first. Davey Allison will come off pit road in the number two position. Now, this is the first caution flag of the afternoon. Again, it came out just a moment ago on lap 22 for some debris on the racetrack. And as predicted, here's Dale Earnhardt bringing his car 
car back to the attention of Richard Childress and his crew to continue more work on it. Let's go back to pit road. Well, he's jiggling it back and forth coming down pit row like maybe there's something uh, a little bit loose. Sometimes you blow a tire that way, you can bend the rear, rear uh, panard bar, which is a bar that holds the body to the axle, and uh, you bend that a little bit or uh, bend something under there a little bit, twist the rear end housing just a little bit, and the car feels like it's got the toe in out on it. It kind of darts around some. They're working just feverishly on the right rear. I can't see what there is over there, but they appear to be pulling the fender and stuff out of it. Uh, Chillers is talking to him now like they've got it uh, ready to go, and they let him go back on the track. That's what they're doing. They're pulling a little sheet metal away, look like on the outside of the car. Now, a couple of items to update you on. When Dale Earnhardt made his first pit stop, pit road was still closed, so he will be making the restart at the tail end of the longest line of traffic. There'll also be a stop-and-go penalty assessed to the Rick Wilson car for a pit lane infraction. Also on the racetrack during this caution, Bobby Labonte spun his car very innocently. He continued on around and has gotten service from the Slim Jim crew, and he is back underway again, so it's been anything but an uneventful bit of caution lap racing here at Michigan. Today's broadcast of the Champions Spark Plug 400 is brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by the Michigan International Speedway to MRN Radio solely for the private, non-commercial use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the description and accounts of this race without the expressed written consent of NASCAR and MRN Radio is prohibited. From the Michigan International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. It wasn't just built to be a museum. It was built to be a shrine to the history, heritage, and future of the sport we love. Visit the NASCAR Hall of Fame and see how Petty, Earnhardt, and hundreds of other NASCAR legends became heroes. Watch their most electrifying moments. Experience realistic racing simulators and much more. Plan a trip to the NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte. Tickets at NASCARHall.com. NASCAR Hall of Fame. This is our sport. This is our house. Today's Champion Spark Plug 400 on MRN Radio is sponsored by Peak Antifreeze. Only Peak gives you peak performance by Ford and your local Ford truck dealers who invite you to see the exciting lineup of tough Ford trucks by world-class protection of Pennzoil Motor Oil. Pennzoil, ever since America learned to drive by Kodak Gold 400 Film. Fast film, true color. By Special Days In and the Special Days of Summer Sweepstakes. And by Slim Jim Meat Sticks. When you need a little excitement, snap into the spicy, beefy taste of a Slim Jim. Welcome back to the Michigan International Speedway. MRN Radio live coverage of the NASCAR Winston Cup Series, the champion Spike Plug 400. We've seen a number of race leaders, but right now it is Jeff Bodine in the Budweiser Ford that dominates. Meanwhile, his brother Brett Bodine with an unscheduled stop in the Quaker State Buick. Let's go to his pit. Well, he brings the car in. The gasoline goes after going underneath the hood this time. Well, that's Clyde McLeod. Clyde, what's wrong? Well, we've got a vibration in the engine. We're not exactly sure what it is, but it's putting oil in the windshield, so we've got some problems. Clyde Booth, the team manager, 
as they look underneath the hood at the right engine compartment. Wayne Bumgarner, the crew chief, looking on that side, and now they're looking on the left, but still they don't seem to know where the problem is on the Quaker State Buick. Brentwood Iron sits on pit road waiting to get back out of this racetrack. 57 laps are on the scoreboard, and once again, as we've seen so many times in the past, this race beginning to get strung out. The field will close up, it'll tighten up, and then it'll string out again, then it'll close up, and it's been that kind of a racetrack for the last couple of years. And Alan Bestwick, I don't know exactly what happened with Chad Little's car, but it looked as though when he went by you, looked as though the chicken was done on the Tyson car because the whole driver compartment was filled up with smoke. Yeah, a little overdone, Eli. The lap before, Chad has been running the highest groove in the Tyson Ford for about the last dozen laps and the lap before that he got a little too high and got into the wall off turn four hit it a pretty good one flat with the right side of the car too and he's knocked the body all the kilter and probably a little more they're working on Chad Little's car trying to get him back onto the racetrack as Rick Wilson comes out of the garage area for the second time and gets ready to go back into competition here this afternoon three of the drivers who had a good shot to win this thing and finished very high in the finishing order this afternoon are now being shown at least a lap down Davey Allison Richard Petty and Sterling Marlin are being posted a lap behind for the most part, this race is still very competitive. It looks like there are 29 cars being shown on the lead lap at this juncture. The True Value Hard Charger Award, Davey Allison leads that competition right now. That's the contest where points are given to the drivers who are in the top five on each and every lap of the race. Davey Allison leading in that category. And the Tyson Lickety Split Award, currently Mark Martin having turned in the quickest lap of the day as a race leader. Back on lap number three, 171 point four four nine miles an hour so that brings you up to date there on the Tyson Lickety split award Jim Phillips has made his way to the Tyson pit right now where Chad Little's car has just been serviced by Harry Hyde and the crew and they had a good bit of work to do there Jim have they figured out exactly uh, what if anything can be remedied on the car well of course they worked on the right side talk to Harry Hyde the crew chief as Chad goes by Harry what kind of damage do you have uh, the whole right side caved in, and I don't know whether it messed up the alignment or not. It looked pretty good, but uh, he had a tire going down on him, and he got a little high and got into the wall. That's Harry Hyde, the crew chief for Chad Little, as they continue or will continue to work on that car this afternoon. Brent Bodine's problems far from being over also. He went back onto the racetrack, made a couple of laps, uh, not quite up to speed. We're watching him come off the banking up in turn number four and bring the Quaker State Buick back to pit road for yet another time. We assume he's going to stop in his pits, or let's see if he goes to the garage area. Nope, he's going to make that hard left turn and take it into the garage, and maybe they can make some repairs and get him back out there in just a moment. 61 laps are complete as Jeff Bodine continues to set the pace for the moment in the Ford Parade here this afternoon at the Michigan International Speedway. Bodine is up front, Morgan Shepard rides second, Bill Elliott's third, fourth is Mark Martin, and the Chevrolet that's showing up in the top five right now, back in fifth position, is Ernie Irvin. You know, one thing about Jeff Bodine, every week we go to a new racetrack, and all of the local media always asks him about the rumors, the rumors that he might well be replaced by Bill Elliott or whomever in the Junior Johnson ride for next year. I asked Jeff the other day if he's tired about all that talk about 92. I'm not depressed about it. I have, I've had a lot of good offers offered to me, a lot of good rides, uh, good sponsors, good teams. Uh, I'm pretty flattered by all that. But, you know, I don't know what we're doing with Junior. Uh, we haven't gotten to the point of the year where we need to really decide about that. A lot of rumors what he might be making a driver change, but we don't know if that's true or not. So, uh, you know, we're just racing right now, trying to win races. And when it comes time to decide where we're going to race next year, who we're going to race with, well, we'll make that decision. It could be here with the Budweiser Thunderbird or it could be with someone else. 
So Jeff Bodine doing the best he can today, and that's lead the champion spark plug 400. Chad Little has just taken his car behind the wall. Let's go back to pit road. Well, oh. first, let's uh, talk to Brett Bodine. Brett, had a lot of problems. What's wrong? Well, it looks like uh, we developed a miss and vibration in the motor. Now, that's a shame. The Coke State Fuel is running awfully good start of the race. We started way back there in 28th and got ourselves up in contention after the pit stop. And during the green flag run, the car really would come on on those old tires. And, you know, we felt like we had a shot if, if we could just stay on old tires all day and, and maybe wear the competition down. But now it uh, looks like we're not going to get a chance to try that. But they do continue to work on the Quaker State Buick for Brett Bodine. Brett Bodine has had kind of an up and down season. He's another one of those drivers has had kind of a hot and cold year. They've had some streaks where they've run real good and then they've had some bad luck in a lot of races trying to get things turned around in the second half of the season here this afternoon at Michigan. They have some problems and they are in the garage. 64 laps are on the board as Jeff Bodine continues to set the pace here at Michigan this afternoon. You heard him talking with Eli there on the tape a moment ago about uh, kind of sidestepping, so to speak, as to what he'll do. But I don't think he really knows because uh, he says he hasn't talked that much with Junior or anybody else about what he'll do next year. I think we're going to see as few a driver changes at the end of the season as we have seen in the last 10 years. I was looking in the garage this morning. There's probably going to be no more than three that that off the top of their head that we could uh, speculate that might make a change. The interesting story also are the number of fellows who are just looking for rides for next year. Dick Trickle, who will be replaced in the Team 3 Pontiac, where he's driving today. That'll be Kenny Wallace next year. Bobby Hillen will be out of the Meadow Yellow Pontiac when Kyle Petty is done with his rehab. Phil Parsons has been around uh, each and every week looking to get back into Winston Cup racing. So a lot of uh, qualified drivers looking for rides for 92. Chad Little stayed behind the wall for about a minute and a half, and he is back on the racetrack. Meanwhile, Hillen is in for service in the mellow yellow pits. They brought it in to put on right side tires, filled it up with gasoline. They dropped the jack, and he's back on the speedway. They're showing 65 laps complete here in the Champion Spark Plug 400. We'll take a short break, and we'll be right back. Back at the Michigan International Speedway, showing 67 laps complete with Jeff Bodine continuing to set the pace from the Michigan International Speedway. This is MRN Radio. Here at Michigan International Speedway, we are seeing green flag pit stops for many of the teams. Wally Dallenbach has just been in for service from Junie Dunlevy and the crew. Dave Marcus has been in. Bobby Hamilton, the number two man in Rookie of the Year honors right now, in for service from the TriStar Motorsports entry. As we are 69 laps complete of 200 here at Michigan, we have been slowed only once by caution today. There was debris on the racetrack in turn number three as the result of problems that Dale Earnhardt have, or had, I should say. He is now running six laps down and of course in the light of the loss of positions last week when he lost uh, some 52 points in the Winston Cup point standings to Ricky Rudd the last couple of weeks been rather tough ones for Dale Earnhardt Jim Sauter is in for service here comes HB Bailey to make his regularly scheduled pit stop and the first of the lead automobiles will be coming down here comes Mark Martin and the Folgers Ford to the attention of Steve Meal Robin Pemberton and the entire Jack Roush crew. Mark will be sponsored by Valvoline next year. That announcement coming just this past Thursday as he comes in very slowly. Let's cover the Mark Martin pit stop. Well, Mark's coming in, uh, you know, as fast as he can, I guess. With a pit rule, it's kind of tough to, to go fast, but they're going to change uh, all four tires, it looks like. Yeah, they're going to do all four tires and uh, fill him up with fuel. They got the H.P. Bailey came in in front of him and changing right side tires in his car, and Bobby Hamilton of the country time car just came in and they changed uh, four tires on his car and they had too many people jump over the wall an extra guy jumped in to wash the windshield and uh, so they helped him for five seconds but he got him back on the race track. mark martin goes by now 
Here's Ernie Irvin bringing his car out of pit road. Dick Trickle is in. Bill Elliott is in. Jim Phillips. Well, Elliott brings his tourist light cord in as Doug Jack and Russ Mills go to work on the right side to get those right side tires on. It's only going to be a two-tire stop for Elliott. The first can of gasoline is in by Mike Grant. Second can is going in right now. A chassis adjustment. They loosen the car up. 15 seconds for Bill Elliott's pit stop for two right side tires. Routine service on the Ernie Irvin car. Likewise, Michael Waltrip with routine service. All the lead automobiles now beginning to make their pit stops. Again, this is very similar to what we saw here in June when we had just one caution flag all day and the responsibility really fell onto the shoulders of the pit crews to get their teams in and out in a hurry. Morgan Shepard, who led the race earlier, he's on pit road. So is the fifth place runner, Rusty Wallace. Here's Morgan Shepard's stop. Right side tires for the Morgan Shepard car as Harold Stocks and Donnie Wingo work the air wrenches. The right side is up. It's only going to be a two-tire stop. They check the left side tires, putting in that last can of Unical gasoline. It's full. Morgan Shepard is down and away, and down, down to Dick Brooks. Well, the Darryl, I mean, uh, Michael Waterfoot, they only changed two tires on that car when he came in. Ernie Urban only changed two tires. Uh, likewise, Rusty Wallace is going to change four. They've got the right side done. They're working on the left side down now as he's uh, down and pulling away. Well, these are routine pit stops as we're talking about just about in the entire front of the field. Here's Dale Earnhardt coming back in. He is five laps behind, having made a long repair on the car a little bit early this afternoon when he had a right uh, left rear tire explode and do some damage underneath the car. Alan Kowicki is on pit road right now for routine service. Joe Rutman has the machine in for a regular scheduled stop also. And very shortly, we'll see the rest of the field come in here at lap 73 is where we are right now. The 200 that will make up the champion 400 here this afternoon. And Schrader having just inherited the lead here at Michigan as the race leader, Jeff Bodine, is on pit road for service on the Budweiser crew. Dale Jarrett is in. Ricky Rudd is in. Let's cover Jeff Bodine's step. They're going to do four tires on Jeff Bodine. They've got the right sides off. Uh, Ricky Rudd's pulling in. I didn't tell yet they're going to do two or four on his car. But uh, they've got the left side. they got the right side on on Bodine's car. They've got the left off and they're going back on with those. It looks like from this point that uh, the Ricky Rudd car, they're only going to do right now. They're going to do all four on his car also. Terry Labonte is also in in Sunoco machine right now as they work on his, his car to get him ready to go back out of the racetrack. And as we pointed out, these are not coming under caution flag. They're coming under green flag conditions here this afternoon. Rick Mass will bring the Skull car in. Darrell Waltrip will now pit the Western Auto machine. And very shortly, there's only about seven or eight more cars that have yet to take advantage to get in here and get their routine pit service and go back onto the racetrack. Waltrip's been kind of hot and cold. He started off, dropped back about three or four positions. Then in about the first five laps, he suddenly seemed to find the handle on the car, worked his way back up in the top six or seven, and then dropped back about midway in the pack as they work on his car. Let's cover Darrell Waltrip's pit stop. Well, they're doing right sides. Uh, again, it's difficult to see from where I'm at, but it looks like they're going to do four tires on his car. Nope. They only did right sides. I let it down, and he's underway. Darrell Waltrip moves back onto the speedway, and here comes Harry Gant in along with Mike Chase. Some of the cars, the remaining few that have yet to make a pit stop. Also looked like NASCAR official Gene Wilson was looking underneath Darrell Waltrip's car when the Western Auto Chevrolet was in for service. And we'll find out whether there uh, might have been a problem suspected there by the uh, NASCAR officials. As a matter of fact, Gene Wilson and uh, Darrell Waltrip's crew chief Jeff Hammond are still talking together on uh, the pit road area. I don't know if there is a problem or not. And Darrell's service seemed to be uh, fairly routine. We'll try and update that for you as we continue. Under green at lap number 76 here at Michigan. 
Crystal Lozier has joined us here in the booth. She was the uh, Grand Marshal for today's running of the Champion Spark Plug 400. And I know this has been uh, quite a view, but with your racing background, you'd rather have the view, a view from right down there in the race car, I know. Well, that's true, Eli. This morning when I gave the cue to gentlemen start your engines, I'm kind of used to hearing that through my helmet, and I'm the one that's buckling the car, but I had just as many butterflies in my stomach doing that than I would if I was in a race car. You really got into that give the command to fire engines down there. That was a strong one. Well, thank you. I, I tell you, I'm real proud to be here for uh, a couple different reasons, but we've ha I've had the opportunity being on Team Valvoline to work with the children through the Say No to Drugs program for the last three years. And Valvoline was the first company in motorsports to really take an avid, active interest in our children's programs and our children coming up through the school systems. And they enacted Team Valvoline, which is a, a, a group of drivers that race and travel throughout the United States, kind of spreading the word. And we've got a real secret weapon here that some of the fans aren't aware of, and that's our race cars. You take a race car to any school, and you can sit there and tell them all about the bad things in life, and they will listen to you. And also, a lot of the kids really respect these race drivers. They're kind of heroes to them. Well, what's happened, Barney, over the last 10 years is the Say No to Drugs program is not new, but the children have heard it for so long that it doesn't mean anything anymore. And what we found, what I have found personally working with the children for the last two years is you have to show them the way. You have to put in front of them a positive role model, someone that has stayed away from drugs and alcohol and someone that's, you know, gone through school, graduated, did the best job they can do. We've kind of changed our thinking and we're starting to tell them yes to winning. And it doesn't have to be on a racetrack in a race car. It just has to be winning at life getting through school, caring about yourself and the environment, just a more positive outlook on life than what they might be used to. The response apparently from that program has been real good. Stick around just a second. We'll take a quick minute to update the fans as to how they're running here after that round of pit stops. Kenny Schrader is now the leader. They're posting Davey Allison in the number two position. Bill Elliott will be running third, fourth Morgan Shepard running fifth right now. Looks to be Ernie Irvin. Sixth would be Mark Martin, then Jeff Bodine seventh, and eighth Dale Jarrett. And those are the cars that they're now showing on the lead lap after that round of pit stops. Here's Kenny Schrader before we get back to Crystal Lozier. The race leader is on pit road in the Kodiak Chevrolet. Richard Broom and the crew will attend to that car. And Dick Brooks, that car's pitted all the way down at the very last pit, heading back into turn number one. Well, they are, and they uh, have ran about four laps longer than anybody else, or five laps longer than some of them, so they're going to have a little bit of an advantage when it comes to gas. They're going to do uh, right side tires on the car. They're in kind of close to the wall. I can't tell if they're going to do left side yet, but they're definitely going to do that, fill it up with fuel. They've got the right side uh, down, and they're going to let him go away. Whoop. Yeah, letting him go away just for the right side. So that's going to move Davey Allison up into the lead right now, so Allison will take the lead as Kenny Schrader has just made his pit stop. Do you do any of the teaching in the driving school that you folks have? Well, actually, um, I'm up in the flag stand, so I can understand sometimes the point of view from up there. And it's what I try to do with my students is I try to catch them not watching the caution. And towards the third day of class, it almost gets to be a rivalry. They really are mad at me when I catch them sleeping because I don't want them to back off entirely out of the throttle. We try to teach them to look down the racetrack, keep an eye on what's happening way ahead of you, and don't let all the way off and wave your hand. Personal experience, I've had many a car drive over the top of back of me because I just stopped too sudden, didn't wave. So it gets to be a real rivalry. They have, uh, they, they can't wait to get good enough so they don't get caught sleeping on the front straightaway. 
I was about to say, if you do some of the teaching, I rode back to the motel with Eli Gold yesterday afternoon, <laughs> and I was going to pay for the tuition, whatever it costs, for maybe to give him a couple of lessons. He could use it. Well, I'll tell you, that's the, the opportunity we had just a few months ago. Jerry Gon, when the president of Champion Spark Plugs, came to the school, and the people at Champion are just great. Uh, they've recognized the work we've done with the children. They're, they're definitely leaders in the industry, and they've noticed that there's a need for just general fans and spectators to come out and do go through those schools. You do walk away a better driver just in normal 55-mile-an-hour traffic. So we invite everyone to come down and, or go to any of the schools. If you're going to race or if you're just going to do it to say, gosh, I, I got into a race car, it's definitely worth the money and time to spend. We appreciate you taking moments to come by and talk with us here this afternoon. We'll let you get back down to the suite and watch some of this race because uh, I can catch you out of the corner of your eye. You're not missing what's going on in this racetrack. Well, we're hoping to work real hard someday. We want to be here. So thank you for having me up here. And again, thanks to Champion for having us here and representing the tens and thousands of children that we've had the opportunity to touch their lives in the last few years. Thank you, Crystal Lozier. I don't know about Crystal's choice in escorts, though. Uh, Jerry Grant here from the Champion Spark Plug Corporation. Good to see both of you. Thank you very much. Now that Kenny Schrader has made his pit stop, we are back to 19 cars on the lead lap. So that has all now cycled itself around. We were talking before, Dick Brooks, about uh, the inspectors looking so closely at Darrell Waltrip's car. Were they uh, suspecting a problem down there? Well, I checked, and they said that they had uh, there was some oil on the back bumper. Uh, generally indicating maybe that there's uh, a little bit of a leak in the rear end or a transmission. They had uh, checked it and they couldn't find any drips or leaks anyplace, so they're uh, not too concerned about it at this point. So that's the situation uh, on pit road right now. Before we take this quick break, let's update you how the top 10 are running. Davey Allison is the leader. Bill Elliott will be in the number two position, riding third is Morgan Shepard, fourth is Ernie Irvin, fifth is Mark Martin, Jeff Bodine is sixth, seventh is Dale Jarrett, eighth is Harry Gant. Alan Kulwicki is being posted ninth, and Rusty Wallace round out the top ten, and we'll be back in a minute. Here's your chance to win a set of your very own Hercules tires. Go to HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Simply register, and each month we'll give away one set of tires. Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading mileage coverage to get you wherever you need to go, no matter where the road takes you. Register now for your chance to win a set of Hercules Tires at HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Hercules Tires, ride on our street. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts for do-it-right deals. Right now, you can purchase select Superstart batteries and get up to a $15 gift card after mail-in rebate. Or buy Brake Best Select brake pads and two Brake Best Select rotors and get up to a $25 gift card after mail-in rebate. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Back with you at the Michigan International Speedway. We are under caution. Dale Earnhardt, Dale Jarrett, Ken Schrader are electing to make a pit stop right here. So, too, Mike Chasen, Michael Waltrip, others making pit stops. There are nine cars on the lead lap at this point. Bill Elliott leading with Mark Martin second, Rusty Wallace third, Alan Kowicki fourth, fifth being the Ernie Irvin car, then Davey Allison sixth, Harry Gant seventh, Dale Jarrett eighth, and the Michael Waltrip car in ninth. Of those cars involved in the accident before, Jim Sauter and Joe Rutman's car apparently unable to continue at all, though Ted Musgrave's machine is back on the pit lane. D.K. Ulrich and that crew servicing the Jasper engine's entry, and he should be getting back on the racetrack, although uh, obviously losing some valuable track positions. 
At this point, a quick reminder about uh, the peak antifreeze. Cool move of the race award. We'll be awarding that later on today. The MRN broadcast crew votes the peak antifreeze award to the driver, the crew chief, or an entire team for that matter, making a particularly cool move during the running of the champion spark plug 400. Here comes Joe Rutman's Chevrolet. He changed again. If you're just joining us uh, in the middle of our broadcast, that had been an Oldsmobile team for most of this year, for all of this year. They changed effective this weekend to a Chevy Lumina in uh, anticipation of some potential changes for the full 1992 season. Well, Michael Wallop's been in the pits. They've been working on his car quite a bit, trying to find out what the problem with it is. It's missing uh, on one cylinder, maybe two. They have uh, dropped the hood and let him back down, and, uh, and he's gone back to the racetrack. But uh, he's got he's got a lot of problems. Uh, Dale Earnhardt came in. They worked on uh, worked on that rear quarter panel of his just a little bit again, and uh, changed right side tires on for him. Here's Ricky Rudd bringing his car back down pit road. Now a lot of the front runners are staying out there because obviously some of the teams are saying, hey, it's going to take a while to clean up the racetrack before we'll go back to a green condition. And we are in the possibility range of getting in there, putting tires on the car, dumping in a full load of fuel and being able to go the distance without making another pit stop. And some of these cars that are coming in right now are going to have to go at least two, three laps longer than some of those that are staying on the racetrack. So a lot of stuff being played out on pit road for the moment. Quickly, let's check in with Jim Phillips. Well, we're still waiting on Jim Sauter to come out of the infield care center. As uh, Joe pointed out, he did walk to the ambulance, so we'd expect him out anytime. And Joe, it looks like cleanup efforts will take a little while over there in turn two. And a little bit of moisture dropped down from uh, Sauter's car, possibly some oil that came out after he hit the wall here on the outside, and they had to bring out some stay dry to put down after picking up all the debris. They're just a couple of minutes away from getting things ship shape over here. So the running order at this point, Bill Elliott continuing to pace the field on lap 146 of 200. Other racing action from the Winston Racing Series across the country in Hinsdale, Illinois. Tony Izzo Sr. picked up the win over Tony Provenzano and Dennis Erb senior who finished in the third spot at Myrtle Beach South Carolina Bobby Harrelson got the win over Kevin Parsons that's Benny's son Benny Parsons son Kevin finishing second Kevin Prince out of Wilmington North Carolina was third in Louisville Kentucky last night the late model stock cars with Steve Webb getting the win over Preston Ford and Bill Kimmel Jr. also uh, other racing action across the country they've got Ron Eaton the winner on the NASCAR Northwest Tour. They ran 100 laps at the Evergreen Speedway in Monroe, Washington. So Ron Eaton getting the win over Toby Butler and Monty English, who continues to lead the points in the NASCAR Northwest Tour. At Somerville Speedway in South Carolina, the NASCAR Winston All-Pro Series, Jason Keller got the win. Lee Falk was second. Sammy Pegram third. Jody Ridley, the series point leader, was in fourth spot. And Robert Powell taking home fifth place honors. That was at the... Uh, Winston All-Pro Series running at Somerville Speedway in South Carolina. Jody Ridley's lead now is 130 points over Steve Holzhausen, who is second. Mike Garvey is third in the points. And that brings you up to date on racing news across the country, including us here at Michigan, under caution on lap 147. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. At Michigan International Speedway, the field circulating under caution. We are 52 laps from the conclusion of the Champions Park Plug 400. And at this point, Barney, we would expect all these teams should be able to go the distance on fuel. Well, we're uh, talking to Dick Brooks there on a commercial break. And, Dick, what is the situation down there as far as anybody going the distance? Well, the four car, uh, don't, Ernie Irvin's car, they don't think they can, they really don't think they can make it. Uh, I think Elliott went that far earlier. Uh, Kenny Schrader certainly did. He went 56 laps, so he's not going to have a problem, although he's a lap down. 
I don't know. It's going to be close for some of these guys. I think everybody will try it, though. Here comes some more of the cars off the banking up in turn number four, and some of those are the cars that have not pitted. Mark Martin is coming onto pit road. Bill Elliott, the leader, will bring his car down. In fact, the front three or four are coming in. Also, Rusty Wallace, and they're getting the indication one lap to go, so they stayed out there to uh, run under caution and put a load of fuel in these cars just as we're getting ready to go back to green. Let's go back down to Dick Brooks. Well, they probably, most of them can probably run 51 laps. Uh, Everybody's going to try it anyway. They got Earnhardt's car in. They're going to top it off. Uh, Ernie Irvin's coming back in. They'll top it off again. Hud Strickland's interchanging tires on his car, and he's going to go away. Ricky Rudd's in. They're doing the same thing with his. Uh, Rick Mass is down there. They're topping it off. So uh, they're going to try to fill up all they can, I guess. And uh, I think that most of them can probably run 50 or 51 laps of what they'll have to do under the green. So these guys shouldn't have to stop again. Dick, we caught up with uh, Jim Sauter. Jim, it looks like you're all right. What happened? Well, I believe uh, another car hit me from behind between one and two down there, and uh, I hated to feel that because uh, Evan Rupontiac was running real well today, and uh, we were only down a lap or two, and there's a lot of good cars that were down also, so uh, I was looking forward to finish this time, but uh, I guess it just wasn't to be. So Jim Sauter is all right, but he's out of it here this afternoon. Looking back on the numbers we had here in June, as far as the first Winston Cup race here, the teams averaged 4.1 to 4.6 miles to the gallon so that'll translate anywhere from 48 to 53 laps on this two mile racetrack and that is very much within the window that we are now at 51 laps to go until conclusion of course if somebody doesn't make it they might well be the candidate for the goodies headache award the members of the media in attendance today will vote the goodies headache award the $1,000 to the driver who has the particularly tough luck during the running of today's champion spark plug 400 will announce the winner of that dubious honor a bit later on this afternoon Pace car is on pit road where a green flag is out and this race is back under green as they take it off down to turn number one. Morgan Shepard is the first car that will take the green flag some four or five laps behind to lead the field off into turn one. Harry Gant goes around. Morgan Shepard bypasses that car. Dick Trickle's machine next in line. Then comes Sterling Marlin and Ken Schrader. Michael Walter will be the second car on the lead lap. He's followed by Bill Elliott, Mark Martin, and Rusty Wallace. Walter's car not quite up to the horsepower of the others now as they come down the back straightaway and he'll begin to feel some heat from behind. A couple of cars will duck down to the inside, including the Bill Elliott car. Elliott trying to get his way back up to Harry Gant, who's your leader. Elliott takes over second. Martin goes to third. Rusty Wallace to fourth. Harry Gant's car has been hanging around the lead lap all afternoon long. He was shown in sixth spot just moments ago. Now works his way to the front. The way the field will sort itself out now. They will move second spot into the hands of Mark Martin. Will Bill Elliott now take the third position as they still sort themselves through traffic in turn one. Back and forth now, Rusty Wallace. He cleared some of the slower traffic. Behind him in the fifth spot, Davey Allison, who's picked his way through some of the traffic. Then comes the Michael Waltrip car. Bill Elliott down to the inside, trying to clear all the lap traffic between he and leader Harry Gant. He does so on the back straightaway, moving to the inside side of the Dick Trickle car. Here comes Mark Martin as well. We'll make that Martin now in second. Elliott is back in third as they try to put a lap on Sterling Marlin. And as they swing through turns three and four, Harry Gant is going on down the road as they say down south. In fact, he's opened up a distance of a little better than a second on the rest of the field as he works across the start-finish line. Trying to chase him down now is Mark Martin. 
and he's picking up a little ground as they work back to turn number one. Good race going on back there for about fourth place. Down to the inside of the racetrack, Davey Allison in that fourth place battle alongside Rusty Wallace. Wallace takes a real high line, coming right up behind the Dick Trickle car off turn number two. Davey, though, hooks up down low. He'll get by Rusty Wallace and grab that spot. Allison will try and use the car of Ken Schrader as a pick as Schrader occupies the high groove as they come down the back straightaway and into turn number three. Allison will go down to the bottom of the racetrack, but right now he'll run about seven car lengths away from Bill Elliott. So Harry Gant still showing the way now with the Elliott car that Alan was talking about running in third. Sandwich between the two is Mark Martin. We'll get the interval for you here. Here comes Harry Gant to the stripe. Mark Martin is nine-tenths of a second back behind. Then Bill Elliott right there trying to challenge for the spot. Elliott swings around to the outside of one of the lap cars. It's a Sterling Marlin car. He'll bypass that car easily, trying to move in on the second-place machine of Mark Martin. Got to worry, though, because Davey Allison is coming strong, and Rusty Wallace breaks loose a bit but hangs on a control in the fifth place. As Wallace gathers it back in, here's Davey Allison down to the inside behind the Sterling Marlin car as Bill Elliott goes to the outside of Sterling Marlin as they race for third position. Ken Schrader is also there. The lap car is in the middle of the battle. That's a big break for leader Harry Gant because the only car for the moment he's going to have to contend with will be Mark Martin who has clean air out there running all by himself. Davey Allison gets a good run off turn number four, dives down to the bottom of the racetrack and uses the clean air to move in on Bill Elliott down in turn one. Three wide parking lot coming into turn one as Davey Allison takes it underneath Sterling Marlin, who was underneath the Kenny Schrader car. Schrader now goes way up the banking. Davey hooks up right down at the bottom of the racetrack, bypasses Sterling Marlin, and now gets by Schrader. Allison trying to set off after Bill Elliott to contest for third place. Harry Gant is the leader. He's approaching the Morgan Shepard car. It's about 10 car lengths to Mark Martin in second. Then another four or five to third place Bill Elliott. Another four or five to fourth place Allison. Harry Gant, winner of the Winston 500 at Talladega earlier this year, trying to pick up yet another victory this afternoon at Michigan. The Tyson Lickety Split Award. Bill Elliott continues to lead that for the most recent segment of the race, a lap of 168.658 miles an hour. Still not quicker, though, than the lap that Mark Martin turned in way back on lap number three. Bill Elliott leads the hard charger competition right now over Morgan Shepard and Mark Martin. So Bill Elliott sweeping the honors in the middle portion of the race for both the Lickety Split and Hard Charger Awards. 155 laps are on the scoreboard, and Harry Gant right now carrying the mail as he works up through turns three and four. And as we said, we may see some strategy, assuming this race stays green on some gambling going on about trying to stretch the distance on Unical Fuel here this afternoon. Dick Brooks and uh, Jim Phillips will be checking with some of the crew chiefs in just a moment, and we'll get a report on maybe some of those front-running cars, including Harry Gant, Mark Martin, Bill Elliott, and Davey Allison along with Rusty Wallace. They've all been in the pits here recently and taken on fuel, but they're gonna, it's gonna be kind of marginal as to whether they can do it or not. The interval between first and second hasn't changed all that much, no more than a couple of car lengths as Harry Gant pulls out of turn number two and heads up to three. Davey Allison is gonna take a shot at Bill Elliott for third position on the back straightaway. Allison down to the inside in the black and red Hamilton Ford. Elliott's blue and white Coors Light Thunderbird on the high side of turn three. Allison will get the spot for now. Elliott's gonna try him back. Elliott goes high, Davey Allison goes Goes high as well. Those cars will single file it off the corner. Elliott does the fake to the inside. Davy covers the spot. So Allison has the position. Put Davy in third behind Mark Martin in second. And the race leader, Harry Gant, 157 of 200 laps complete. 
here at the Michigan International Speedway. 179 laps about to go up on the scoreboard. Davey Allison is the leader. There is concern in his pit that he would be able to go the distance without making a fuel stop. And there's also concern probably among the top seven or eight cars out there right now. But as Dick Brooks said a moment ago, I think everybody may take the gamble and see what they can come up with here as they roll the dice. The leader's out of turn two. And beginning to move down the back straightaway, it's Davey Allison now with a goodly distance on that second place duo of Mark Martin and Harry Gant. Then another great distance back to fourth place Dale Jarrett. Rusty Wallace is holding on to the fifth spot right now. Bill Elliott is sixth. Seventh is Ernie Irvin. Eighth is Alan Kowicki. And then a good bit back to ninth place Michael Waltrip. And as close as Davey Allison is to the lead in the Winston Cup point chase, he knows this is the stretch that can make or break a racing team for the year. Well, this is the time of year you win or lose a championship. Uh, if things go wrong and you recover from them, then you, you don't lose as much ground. And if somebody does, somebody else does something wrong, you hope to make up some ground. And, you know, this is where you went, where the team's out, you wear the, the crew members out from the hard work that goes on for a, a long stretch like that. So the guys that have the guts behind them are the ones that prevail. And Davey's got the guts. He's got the lead on second place Mark Martin and third place Harry Gant with just 20 laps, 40 miles remaining. 184 laps are complete, just 16 remaining here at Michigan. We are seeing pit stops for some teams now. Jimmy Means has been in. Morgan Shepard has been in with his Motorcraft Ford. Average speed at this juncture, 140.571 miles an hour. At this time, everybody's still waiting and hedging their bets to see exactly if these teams can go the distance. That'll be the story as we wind our way down through the final laps. Meanwhile, the Western Auto Mechanic of the Race has been named. Let's get the update from Pit Road. Well, the winner of the Western Auto Mechanic, the race is Larry McReynolds. Larry, congratulations, $1,000 to you, and it goes through that $25,000 at the end of the year. Well, all the credit, Jim, goes to this race team and Davey Allison. He has drove his heart out here today. You know, the equalized tire put us out of sync, and we just kept fighting and kept digging. Now we just need a little bit of luck on our hands to conserve that fuel, make this last 15 laps. Well, that's the Western Auto Mechanic, the race, Larry McReynolds of the Haviland Ford Thunderbird of Davey Allison. Jim, obviously they are very concerned about Davey Allison, and if they stay out there, there's not much doubt in anybody's mind here knowing how they run engines that he will be taking a big gamble. He certainly will, Barney, but the other drivers, I think, are going to force his hands. Uh, people like Harry Gant that get a lot better fuel mileage. I think Harry Gant, I don't think there's any doubt that Harry Gant can go all the way as he proved at Talladega. The Jackson brothers have their fuel mileage down. The Martin team of Jack Rouse, uh, one of those uh, teams that gets good fuel mileage. So I think they're going to force Davey Allison if he's going to win this race to stay on the racetrack and win it. Meanwhile, that battle for second place has been a pretty good one going on for the last 10 or 15 circuits around this racetrack. They're a little better than two and a half seconds behind the leader. Mark Martin currently holds on to the number two position, but Harry Gant's been working all over him, Alan Bestwick. Every time through this end of the racetrack, Barney turns three and four. Mark Martin takes a low line. Harry Gant takes a high line. Now they're going to swap ends. Martin's going to look in the middle of the track. Gant's going to try and go under him. Caution on the speedway for debris on the racetrack on the back straightaway. Caution on the speedway. Davey Allison takes the caution on lap 180. There is caution out for debris on the back straightaway. And boy, does this take the change of the complexion of the race very much in the center stage. Because now the responsibility is on those crews to get in and out with a splash of fuel and get back on the racetrack. Or will some fellas even have to stop at all? Are they sure in some cases, maybe like Harry Gant, that he can go the distance? What do you do at this point? It's now strategy time. 
Well, it hasn't been all that long since most of them were on pit road at lap 149. Uh, the, about the last time most of them came in there at lap 187. So I'm sure maybe a couple of cars might elect to stay out there and even without coming in and putting in a splash of fuel, but we'll have to wait and see. We'll take a break and we'll be back in a minute. Back at the Michigan International Speedway and all that speculating we did went right out the window because the entire cars that are on the lead lap are on pit road. Let's go to down to Jim Phillips. Well, maybe Alice is in. Eric Horn and Delvin Barbie changing the tires. Uh, Davey wanted to stay out, but Robert Yates and the crew, Larry McReynolds said it's best to come in. They're in a points race too. 19.8 seconds on a four tire stop for Davey Allison. He's down. Alan Kowicki's getting four tires. Bill Elliott, four tires on this end of Pit Road. Dick Brooks. Well, Ernie Irvin and Harry Gant come in and got four tires on their car as they go back out, but they're going out behind Davey, which is pretty well understandable. They had about 20 second stops also, but they had to come in uh, behind him and, and they're right back out behind him. So it's not, they didn't really lose any place on a, on a racetrack. Now some of these guys are going to have to work their way through some traffic because there will be some of the cars that probably won't stop and uh, there'll be some of the slower cars in front of them. But I think uh, when one guy stopped, they all had to. Jim Phillips is already on the way to the Wood Brothers pit by virtue of the uh, quick in and out for Dale Jarrett as we are just 12 laps from the conclusion of the champion spark plug 400. From the Michigan International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. We're back at the Michigan International Speedway. Now the first car off pit road was Dale Jarrett. Let's get an update on what happened on his pit stop. Uh, with Leonard Wood here, Leonard, you came in, you only took on a splash of fuel, no tires that time. That's correct. Uh, it was the best set of tires we had all day, and it seemed to be running as well as we had all day, so we decided to take a change on it. Could you have made it on fuel, do you think, that went green? I think so, but we wanted to make sure. That's Leonard Wood, of course, the car owner, and uh, for Dale Jarrett, Sitco Ford, he's now in the lead. And still taking a little bit of a gamble, as he heard him say, they did not change tires. They felt like they had the best set of tires they'd had on the car all day long, just a splash of fuel, so they certainly know he can make the distance right now. Wouldn't it be something if Dale Jarrett won this thing? Wouldn't it be, though? It's his 129th Winston Cup race, and, of course, no one has won more races at this track than have the Wood Brothers. They, as car owners, have 10 wins at this racetrack. Uh, of course, uh, some nine of those with uh, David Pearson. There, were, there was a stretch there, as well you remember, that uh, when you came to Michigan, you might as well just uh, check in, enjoy the sights, and then go on home, because David Pearson and the Woods we're going to win. He really did dominate this racetrack for a long, long time, and it was kind of Pearson's cup of tea, so to speak. 189 are on the board. Just about everybody has been on the pit road. In fact, everybody has that needed to for either a splash of fuel or a little change of everything, and we're set to go. The way they're lining up, the way they came out of the pits a moment ago, Dale Jarrett is the leader. Riding second is Mark Martin. Michael Waltrip is being posted third. Davey Allison fourth, and fifth they're showing Harry Gant. It'll be 10 laps remaining and the one to go signal for the field as they come by this time. I was just looking back, the other win uh, for the Wood Brothers here, nine with David Pearson, one with Cale Yarborough for their 10 wins here. Harry Melling is next in line as a car owner. He has seven wins here, all with driver Bill Elliott. Then the Petty Enterprises team and on down the line for Junior Johnson, Richard Childress, Robert Yates, and Jack Roush, who has one victory to his credit here as a car owner at Michigan. And as they get ready to go back to green, let's run you through the running order one more time. These cars are on the lead lap, and this is the way they're showing. The leader is Dale Jarrett. Mark Martin is second. Michael Waltrip is third. Good solid run for him all day long. Davey Allison still shows up in fourth. Fifth is Harry Gant. Sixth is Rusty Wallace. Seventh, they're posting Ernie Irvin. Eighth should be Alan Kowicki. And ninth looks like Bill Elliott as they get ready to form up for a double-file restart over in turn two in front of Joe Moore. 
Lamp cars down on the inside, led by Dick Trickle, the first one there on the inside of Dale Jarrett. Behind him is H.B. Bailey. Next in line, the Chad Little car and Hunt Strickland. All the drivers, particularly those on the lead lap, beginning to work their cars from side to side, warming up the tires for this dash to the finish. Other positions on the racetrack, 10th was Kenny Schrader, 11th Ricky Rudd, 12th was Buddy Baker, 13th Sterling Marlin, Hutch Strickland 14th and 15th Lake Speed, 16th was Rick Mast, Bobby Hamilton running in 17th, 18th position now is Ted Musgrave, Dave Marcus 19th, 20th Terry Labonte, 21st is Dick Trickle, 22nd Wally Dallenbach, Chad Little is 23rd, Dale Earnhardt running in the 24th spot. He is now some six laps down as he has been much of the day. 25th is Richard Petty. Morgan Shepard is 26th running in 27th. Jimmy Means 28th spot is H.B. Bailey. Most everyone else with the 40 car starting field either drastically down in laps or already in the garage. Here's the pace car coming off the banking up in turn number four. Dale Jarrett is a leader and Dale Jarrett can hope there will be a scramble back there from second, third, fourth and fifth and maybe get door to door to let him get away. The green flag is in the air and they're ready to go for the run for the checkered flag now for the champion 400. On the break, Dale Jarrett will get away clean. He pulls away some four or five car lengths in turn one. Right behind him though, some of the lap cars holding up the second place machine. Hunt Strickland down on the inside of the Mark Martin car. Martin now clears that car. Still though has to go to work on Dick Trickle to try to catch race leader Dale Jarrett he's still about five car lengths out in front Martin will clear the traffic now on the outside trickle the rest of the lap cars slightly off the pace on the inside as they let the leaders go by ever so slightly Davey Allison down to the inside Allison goes for second end of the back straightaway move Allison to second Martin back to third Allison bits for the lead on the outside Davey goes way high use all 18 degrees of that banking it may cost him second spot here comes Dale Jarrett to continue pulling away Davey hangs on a second in a close scramble between Mark Martin, who finally has to give and drop back into the fourth spot. Ernie Irvin trying to challenge him to the inside. Irvin dives to the inside of the track, going into turn number one on the outside now. Martin tries to battle back and hold him off, but Irvin picks up the spot. It's Jarrett, Davey Allison, Rusty Wallace, Irvin, then Mark Martin. About two car lengths the lead for Dale Jarrett as they come down the back straightaway. Allison tucked tightly in the draft now, trying to close that ground. Rusty Wallace in third, then the side-by-side -side battle for fourth between Martin and Irvin. Turn three, Jarrett's car hugs the bottom. Allison right in his tire tracks. I tell you what, if Mark Martin had not cut Davey Allison just a little bit of slack as that almost turned the car around coming out of turn number four, Davey would have been in trouble, so give Mark Martin a lot of credit for that. Leader across the line, it is Jarrett. Second is Davey Allison trying to take the lead away. Third is Rusty Wallace. The scramble's going to be at fifth place in turn one. That's Harry Gant working on Irvin and the lap car of Dale Earnhardt. There are three wide coming into turn number one. Gant's able to get around. He clears the Irvin car. Now here comes Alan Kowicki. He's down on the inside of Bill Elliott. They're trying to get by Irvin. Kowicki looking for room to run now on the inside of the racetrack as for the moment Davey Allison stays tucked single file behind Dale Jarrett Rusty Wallace falling back to about five six car lengths off of that lead duo now halfway through turns three and four still single file Davey Allison and his Ford right on the rear deck of the Wood Brothers Sitco Ford Dale Jarrett who leaves this racing team at the end of the year to join Washington Redskins coach Joe Gibbs with the new interstate batteries Chevrolet racing team Dale Jarrett trying to get his moment in the sun here in Michigan. Jarrett's holding on to it for now. Davey Allison still there behind him by about two car lengths, looking to the inside, coming through turn two, but Jarrett's there to cover the spot. Allison not yet able to make his move. Allison will stay single file. Mark Martin trying to close in on Russ.
Dusty Wallace and get back up and join this battle for the lead. Right now, still five to six car lengths between second place Allison and third place Wallace. Dale Jarrett with a half a car length now on Allison in turn four. There'll be five laps to go when they come back down to the start finish line. Good scramble going on from sixth position on back, also back there. Let's follow that battle for the lead, however, for the moment. Here they come down to the line. Dale Jarrett ahead by half a car length. You almost have to feel that Davy Allison's playing a little cat and mouse game. He pretty well knows what his car will do, and he knows he only needs to take one shot. And if the car is strong enough, he's got the lead, and this race will all be over. They're back in turn two. Davy seems to be able to close it on Dale at will. Right now, he remains behind him by just several feet, it looks like, as they hit the back straightaway again. Coming down to the midpoint of that straightaway, second and third and fourth, all single file. Harry Gant, fifth is single file. Bill Elliott stays in line in sixth. Now, Allison's going to look to the high side of Dale Jarrett in turn four. When Davy tried this before against Mark Martin, he went way high, and it cost him. This time, Dale Jarrett stays low, and when they straighten out, Jarrett still has has the lead so Davey Allison just checking that time but Dale Jarrett now with four more laps to go holding off Allison's Ford as Davey watched the second win of the year here at Michigan. Davey still there hanging on to the second spot following the tire tracks for now but beginning to go a little bit lower now coming into turn number two. Jarrett sees him drop into the inside of the racetrack. He covers the spot and again Allison follows the tire tracks of leader Dale Jarrett. Allison has been getting a good hole shot run up off of turn number four down to the start finish line all afternoon long. He tried it last time on Jarrett right up on his back bumper. Now, this time through, he's going to try it again. Here's Allison in the corner. Davey Allison, if I was going to speculate, would likely make his move coming out of turn number four. That's been his strong suit all day long, swinging out wide and then cutting down to the bottom of the racetrack. But Dale Jarrett has other thoughts about that. Give him all the credit in the world, too. He's using up a lot of racetrack and taking away a lot of places that Davey Allison would like to put that car. They're back in turn two. This time, Dale puts it right down at the bottom of the racetrack. That's where Davey's been running through turns one and two. The last several laps, Davey again, not able to make the move. He's about a car length off the rear deck of Dale Jarrett. Jarrett's mirror full of the black and red star of the Texaco Haviland Ford. Jarrett trying to hold him off as they come down the back straightaway to the entrance of turn number three. Wallace not able to close any closer than six, seven car lengths now. Here's Allison tucked up on Jarrett's bumper again off of four. The Wood Brothers with 78 super speedway wins trying to make it 79 here today. Jarrett cutting down low through the main straightaway. Davey Allison following right behind him. Two more laps to go. It'll be the white flag next time by. Can Dale Jarrett get his first Winston Cup win for the Woods? They're back in one. No lap traffic will come into play. Plenty of clear sailing directly ahead of the front two machines as they've got about 10 car links on the third place car of Rusty Wallace once again on the back straightaway. Bumper to bumper. It's Jarrett and Allison down the back stretch. They're all the way on the outside of the racetrack against the wall. Now they come to the entrance of turn number three. Jarrett heads the car to the bottom. Allison going to try a higher line this time. Allison right up on Jarrett's back bumper in four. And as he swings high. Dave Marcus apparently could have lost an engine going through turn one and two. A little smoke out of the car, but apparently this racetrack stays in a green condition. Here comes the battle for the lead down to the white flag on the outside. Davey Allison on the inside. Dale Jarrett dead heat at the start-finish line. Final time, they're back in one. Jarrett's got a nose in front going into turn one, but Allison pulls up alongside the outside. Allison giving plenty of racing room, holding up alongside the outside of Dale Jarrett. Once again, side by side, they touch in turn two, but both gathered back in. A drag race down the back straightaway. Jarrett still holding the inside groove. Here's Allison now moving down, trying to crowd Jarrett just a bit. Dale holds his ground. Entrance of turn number three, about a foot between the two cars. It's a dead heat off of turn four. It was 1987 with Kyle Petty when last the Wood Brothers were in victory lane. Dale Jarrett stays low. Davey Allison forced to the high side. They nearly touch here on the main straightaway. They come to the stripe at the checkered flag. Maybe Jarrett 
by inches, but they are already checking the photo finish camera. If Dale Jarrett won, he won it by an inch and a half or maybe two. It is clearly the closest finish in NASCAR history, bypassing the Davy Allison Mark Martin finish at Bristol a couple of years ago. It is up to Tim Earp and the NASCAR photo finish camera positioned at the finish line to determine exactly who will go to victory lane. Either way, it is just inches. Jim Phillips. Well, we're down with Leonard Wood. Leonard, if it is, it's inches. Yes, that's uh, it's going to be close, but uh, he drove a good race. Both of them did. And oh, that last lap was, uh, I'll tell you, a real battle. These last few laps has been kind of nerve-wracking, you know what I mean? <laughs> You've been it's, in this position before, though. Yeah, 21 you know, is the winner. The Wood Brothers have won. Uh, you have won the race. Well, thank you very much, and I'm real pleased. So yep. Dale Jarrett, his crew, happy bunch. The yep. Wood Brothers have won it. Barney, they win by maybe an inch and a half or two, if that much. The Wood Brothers back in victory lane for the first time since 1987. Talk about a happy group of people. There's going to be some happy folks in victory lane, and that was the closest one I've been able to see in a long, long time. We'll take a break, and we'll be back. NASCAR Today continues on MRN Radio, sponsored by Ford and your local Ford dealers who invite you to see the exciting lineup of tough Ford trucks. We're back at the Michigan International Speedway and a happy Dale Jarrett heading down to victory lane and uh, took a long, long time for the youngster to get there, but he drove his rear end off here today and wins by just a couple of inches in one of the most exciting finishes we've ever seen at any racetrack on the Winston Cup circuit. But right now, let's go to the garage area. Davey Allison, a second place finish today, one of the closest finishes ever. You and Dale Jarrett right at the stripe, inches apart. Well, I, you know, I want to congratulate Dale, first of all. He drove a good race. They, they did the right thing on the last caution. At, by staying out and that last set of tires we put on was just a little bit tighter than anything we'd had all day and I had to make a run at him on the outside because I couldn't get around the bottom like I had been earlier in the race and I got alongside of him but I just didn't have enough to get by him you know he got a better run off that last corner than I got and congratulations to Dale Jarrett and, you know I want to say hi to Liz and Krista and Robbie at home you wanted to stay out that last time well I did but you know we were cutting it real real close on the gas and you know, I think we did the right thing. We did what we had to do, and we chanced it, and we finished second. But after getting that lap back, after having that equalized tire early in the race and to come all the way back and lead the race, and I think we probably led the most laps today. That's an extra five points bonus, so, you know, we'll take it. Of course, uh, you know, you want to win, but you're in a, a, a points battle, and uh, you made some good gains today. Yeah, we gained a lot of ground today, uh, you know, so that's what it's all about. You know, we got to get those consistent top five finishes and the last two have been a ninth and a tenth and you know we got to do better than that so we're going to keep working hard and we'll take second place today and we'll go to Bristol next week. Davey Allison finishing second today in the Haviland Ford Thunderbird. Let's go down to victory lane. Well I'll tell you you talk about a happy bunch of people now it's been a long time for all these people. Dale Jarrett uh, you've had uh, four Bush wins I think uh, 180 some uh, Grand National or Winston Cup races and uh, and uh, Woods Brothers has won here, I think, now 11 times, but it's been about three years since they've had a win also. Well, it's got to be a great day. Well, it is. I tell you, this Sitco Ford ran good all day long, and the uh, last set of tires we got was just great. And we had that last caution, and Eddie said, look, let's leave those on there. That's the best that you've run, and the car was driving great. Uh, let's just get a little gas and get out front and see if we can hold them off. That's what we did. I can't thank these guys, Larry Britton with Sitco, enough uh, for everything they've done. 
And unfortunately, my wife Kelly's not here for the first one. I wish she was here because she's been there for every other one, and uh, I'd like for her to be here. But uh, just like tell her I love her and thanks for hanging in there all these years. It's been kind of tough, but uh, we finally made it here. Tell us a little bit about the last lap. Now, you know, I mean, it's got to be an emotional thing. Uh, I, when you were talking on the TV there a minute ago, you started to snub up just a little bit, and I, and I know I did the same thing. So it's going to be an emotional thing. But the last lap, what do you what do? You, do? you come across the start-finish line, and you're, and you're kind of neck and neck, and you've got to make a whole lap that way. Yeah, I know. I knew it was going to be awfully tough. Uh, Davey, of course, won the last race here, and he's been strong all the last half of the season. But I was just going to try to hold my line. I knew I was good in the, on the bottom down in one and two, and we touched coming off of two there. And I was able to stay with him uh, going into three, and I, I kind of rode up the track hoping that I may run him out of racing room, but he hung in there and actually was a little ahead of me. But uh, this engine in this Sitco uh, Ford uh, did its job uh, right to the start-finish line. Uh, we touched again coming to get the flag, but uh, I'm sure Davey understands that, uh, me trying to get my first win. When you come across the start-finish line, nobody knew who won the race. In fact, you'd came all the way back around, and we were talking to Leonard on the, on the radio, and he didn't know either. And when they announced it from up top, when did you find out you'd won? Well, I thought that I'd beat him right from the very start, right as soon as we crossed the start-finish line. I could see that I was just a little ahead. I was hoping that's the way that they saw it, that I wasn't just wishing something there. But uh, they told me when I was on the back stretch over there going into three that I'd won the race for sure. And uh, happiest day of my life right now other than when I married Kelly. I bet it sure is. going to be a happy day for all these guys. Okay, Barney. That's a good one to see something like this happen. I'll tell you what, it gives you quite a feeling to anybody when they get their first time win and as hard as Dale Jarrett has driven over the years and paid his dues in this business to, to get the first win here this afternoon, I think everybody is kind of in his corner in a sense. Let's go back to the garage and Jim Phillips. Well, the first place the GM car today was third place Rusty Wallace. Rusty, uh, before that last caution, you were hung out in a bunch of cars and you broke free on the last uh, caution and came out with third place finish. Well, I was real happy with it. Car handled good, had a lot, a lot of motor in it today. Good horsepower, good handling. Uh, everybody in the whole team made wonderful calls, and uh, I drove my heart out, did everything I could. And uh, on them restarts, I knew that I had to get my rear in gear, and I just uh, really got prepared on the restarts. Had a good transmission, really worked good, got me get, got me going fast. So uh, whenever screwing up on them restarts, I was just flat. I was just flat foot. You know, we're trading a little sheet metal out there to get their front. We got up there. It looked like on that last restart in front of you that uh, they got a log jam there. They got to bump against each other. Yeah, they did. In fact, I took off and I thought I tore the front of my car because I was. I had to think wound up to about 8,000 in second gear, and I was ready to launch it. Now, and, and when I took off, they stopped in front of me. I popped somebody right in the rear end. Uh, then I got popped in the rear, and it launched me. So uh, it was a good run. I just like to thank everybody: uh, Miller Daniel Draft, Pontiac, Goodyear, Mobile, AC, uh, Hertz, Penske, everything. So it worked out great. Well, since Pocono, this team's been on a roll. This team has been on a roll. It's got a hell of a good crew chief, I'll tell you that, and a good motor department. Uh, I just can't say enough about the turnaround. It's been so good. Uh, I just got to pinch myself and think about what we did, but I think we're dead on track right now. A lot of smiling faces down here, a lot of momentum. That's Rusty Wallace, third place finisher this afternoon in the Champion Spark Plug 400. The members of the media covering today's Champion Spark Plug 400 have voted the Goodies Headache Award $1,000 to Morgan Shepard. Morgan was running very, very well and had a, a series of problems throughout the day. Though Morgan Shepard takes home $1,000, a $250 donation also going to the Brenner Children's Hospital in Winston-Salem, North Carolina from Goodies Manufacturing and MRN Radio. Let's now poll the entire MRN crew on the Peak Antifreeze Cool Move of the Race Award. The winner getting $500 from Peak Antifreeze and Summer Coolant. Let's open it up out in turn number one with Joe Moore. Eli, great move by Sterling Marlin early in the race when it uh, looked like he and Jimmy Spencer made a bit of contact over here. Sterling could have really crossed up and caused some problems, but he saved his car. I'll vote for Sterling Marlin. 
Alan Bestwick. Give a nod to Dale Earnhardt, who had a car that just didn't want to drive for him for most of the day. He put the car boldly where no man has ever gone before at this end of the racetrack and still brought it home. Jim Phillips. Well, I'm going to go with Dale Jarrett's team for coming in for the splash of gasoline. I've got Mark Martin. Mark, fourth place finish today. Yeah. Uh, I wish we could have done better. Tell us about the that last restart. Things got jammed up up there. What happened? I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I just didn't have, you know, we didn't have what we needed to do battle to win after that caution came out. Uh, we couldn't beat Davey anyway. It's the best we, you know, I hated to see that caution. We were fixing to run second, and that was good enough. The best car was going to win, and the second best car was going to run second, and I would have been real happy with that, but I hated to see the caution come out because things just didn't work out for us. Were you going to gamble on the gasoline? I don't, yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. That's Mark Martin, finishes fourth this afternoon in the Champions Park Plug 400. Continuing our peak balloting, let's go to Dick Brooks. Well, I don't know, uh, again, from seeing, a, you know, from the inside or whatever, but somebody said something about Sterling Marling over there getting plumb sideways, and in fact, I think Joe even jumped out of the stand up there and hollered about him, and he saved it and made it. So uh, I got to go that way. I guess uh, if he can save a car and everybody get excited about it, well, he must have been pretty cool. That's a good nomination. I'm kind of torn, Barney, between that Sterling Marlin move and uh, the Wood Brothers call of forgetting about the tires and going for the win. And I think the ultimate result with the Wood Brothers winning is going to dictate how I nominate, and I'll nominate the Wood Brothers, although Sterling's move was uh, outstanding to save his race car. Well, it really was, and uh, the move the Wood Brothers made, also a good choice. I'm going to cast a vote in the direction of Mark Martin, who cut a little slack up there and maybe avoided an accident and keep five or six cars from piling up. I'll cast a vote in that direction. So we're going to have to settle this tie during the commercial break, and we'll be passing along to you in just a moment or so who does win the peak cool move of the race award. We will tell you that Mark Martin has won the True Value Hard Charger Award for the day. He takes home the top honors for this afternoon. $1,500 was uh, on the line for uh, this day, and uh, we congratulate uh, Mark Martin with that. Right now, let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Here at Michigan International Speedway, something we've not seen in a while. The Wood Brothers celebrating in victory lane. They are there with driver Dale Jarrett winning today's champion spark plug 400. We'll get more comments from the top finishers as soon as we come back to Michigan. We're back at the Michigan International Speedway. Dale Jarrett still going through the victory lane ceremonies down there, and that's going to be a long one because a very well-deserved win for him. Also got to mention that while we are still up here working, uh, the uh, television crew for ESPN has signed off the air, and Ned Jarrett, Dale Jarrett's dad, just walking through the crowd, heading down towards victory lane to join the celebration, and Ned got a... Uh, great uh, ovation from the fans who are still here in the grandstand so uh, that is nice to see we have talked about it here in the booth and we have settled on sterling marlin's nice move to save the race car out there in turn number two as the uh, cool move of the day so from peak antifreeze and summer coolant five hundred dollars to sterling marlin and the maxwell house team and barney you and i had uh, very little discussion about the have a tampa and philly cigar award that goes each week five hundred dollars worth to the close but no cigar award winner and i have haven't heard the official margin of victory yet, but we just looked at one videotape up here. It couldn't have been more than three or four inches at best. No, it was no more than four to six inches, I guarantee you, depending on the angle they looked at it. So it was a close finish. Why don't we take a look at how they finished here unofficially. Dale Jarrett getting his first win. Davey Allison finishes second. Rusty Wallace runs third. Mark Martin fourth. Bill Elliott fifth. Sixth goes to Harry Gant. Seventh to Ernie Irvin. Eighth to Alan Kowicki. Ninth to Mike Waltrip. Tenth to Kenny Schrader. Ricky Rudd finished 11th. Sterling Marlin 12th. 
Buddy Baker, 13th. 14th goes to Lake Speed, 15th to Hutt Strickland. Ted Musgrave, 16th. Terry Labonte, 17th. Rick uh, Mast will finish 18th, 19th to Bobby Hamilton, and Dave Marcus round out the top 20. 21st will be Dick Trickle, 22nd Wally Dollenbach. Richard Petty finishes 23rd today. 24th will be Dale Earnhardt in 25th spot, Chad Little. Finishing 26th is Morgan Shepard. Jimmy Means will finish 27th. H.B. Bailey gets 28th place honors. 29th going to Mike Chase, and 30th was Joe Rutman. 31st today, Jim Sauter. Darrell Waltrip will finish 32nd. 33rd, Kyle Petty's car, which is driven by Bobby Hillen here this week. 34th going to Derek Cope. 35th spot belongs to Jeff Bodine. Jimmy Spencer will take home 36th place honors today. Brett Bodine, 37th. 38th going to the Bobby Labonte car. 39th was Rick Wilson. And 40th, the first car out of the race today is Stanley Smith. One other post-race award to uh, tell you about. Dale Jarrett does take home the final segment of the Lickety Split Award, sponsored by the folks at Tyson Foods. On lap 196, just four laps in the finish, a lap of 169.472 miles an hour. Still, though, not quick enough for the overall day. Mark Martin will win the Tyson Lickety Split Award for this afternoon. One thing that we never did have a chance to talk about, Barney, but I do want to mention before we leave the air today was that great contribution, some $25,000 that was given by Michigan International Speedway and NASCAR as part of a Boy Scout benefit that was held at the Country Club of Jackson, Michigan this past uh, Thursday evening. Uh, the chief uh, or the special guest speaker was uh, NASCAR's vice president of the competition, Les Richter, but a $25,000 contribution that I think uh, surpassed anything that anybody had hoped for. I think NASCAR has become involved in a lot of the drivers and crew members and everything else, and ourselves included, just about everybody in this business and so many worthwhile organizations over the recent years, and that was certainly a good one here the other day. On to Bristol, Tennessee. Bristol Raceway opening up for practice Friday morning. The Johnson 250 for the Bush Grand National Cars is Friday night. And Saturday night, the Budweiser 500. It's a great, great show under the lights there at uh, Larry Carrier's Racetrack. Well, as we said, the Sparks are going to be flying up there both Friday and Saturday night. I'm really looking forward to getting back up there and back to some short track racing. So we certainly hope you can make your plans to join us, be it in person or right here on MRN. Our coverage on Friday begins with the Bush Pole Show at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. That's followed by the Johnson 250 at 845 Eastern. Then on Saturday, the Budweiser 500 at 715 Eastern time. All of that coming up right here on MRN. Of course, Tuesday, I'll open up the phone lines for you. Toll free at 1-800-2-NASCAR as we talk on NASCAR Live. I would hope with Dale Jarrett, should his schedule permit. And, of course, Alan Bestwick each and every weekday afternoon with NASCAR Today, MRN's daily NASCAR news show. We want to thank Joe Moore and Alan Bestwick in the turns. Jim Phillips and Dick Brooks handled Pit Road as a fine job today. On the scoring loop, Augusta Johnson and Joan Rui. And for Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. Congratulations to Dale Jarrett and the Wood Brothers, winners this afternoon of the champion spark plug 400 so long from Michigan. MRN Radio, coverage of the NASCAR Winston Cup Series has come to you from the Michigan International Speedway and sponsored by the Pontiac Grand Prix GTP. Pontiac, we build excitement by Tyson Holly Farms, the official chicken of NASCAR, by True Value Hardware Stores. Got a tough job to do? You can do it with True Value by Anheuser-Busch, brewers of smooth bush beer and easy drinking bush life, by TransSouth Financial, TransSouth for the right loan right now, by Unical, the winning spirit rides with you every time. It's the spirit of 
76. Buy Gatorade Thirst Quencher for that deep down body thirst. Buy Planters Nuts if you're a racing nut. Eat Planters, they're nuts too. Buy Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. Buy Peak Antifreeze, only Peak gives you peak protection. Buy STP, the official car care products of the Daytona 500. Buy Kodak Gold 400 Film, fast film, true color. Buy Special Days In and the Special Days of Summer Sweepstakes. And buy Slim Jim Meat Sticks. The executive producer of MRN Radio is John McMullen. Associate producer Alan Bestwick. Engineers Harry Howard and Vince Marzello. Affiliate relations Clay Stalker and David Hyatt. Assistant Cheryl Knight, Stephanie Ellis, and Sandy Good. This is Rick Lewis. This broadcast was a production of MRN Radio, a division of International Speedway Corporation. This has been MRN Classic Races, presented by Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR, and brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength. Join us every Thursday for more classic races from the MRN Vault.